Good evening and welcome to Stories from River Road Boulevard. I'm Jim Gillespie with co-host Dale Reber. That's me. And as always, producer Blake, Blake Tempest. And this is our Christmas special. So we are, uh, it's, a, it's a short version and we're not going to do anything political. We're going to tell a couple stories and we're going to uh, let you enjoy your Christmas. Uh, they won't spend hours and hours listening to our podcast. They will cut it right down for them. So they can spend more time right. with their family and friends. That's right. Yes. Exactly right. Except for those politicians running for office, they're trying to get away from their family. Hey, the uh, it, it is it is um, the the uh, caucuses are coming here. Yeah, Where, but whenever someone resigns their office, they they want to spend more time with their wife and children. See, so I figure if they're running for office, they want to spend less time with their with their wife and children. That's their main goal. I never, I never thought of it that way, well, Dale. You know, if it's got to be one way, if it's one way, it's got to be the other. So yeah. So there's a commercial day there. You said no politics, but Nikki Haley. There's a Trump commercial on her, where she uh, sold out to Boeing airline or something and became a multimillionaire. And so they're after her really bad. So I think she must be doing well. She must be chipping yeah. away on. I him think. A she, I bit. think it, it might be a big, the biggest surprise of the Iowa caucuses is how well she does. The, uh, you know that the. Uh, Probably, I would guess, I would guess Trump one, Nikki two, and DeSantis three. I'm yeah. guessing. Christie and the other guy are on their way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can't. I don't know how they keep funding what they're doing with their low numbers that they're getting. So, but uh, somebody's getting something out of out of something, Dale. I yeah. believe. All right. Well, let's. Uh, the the the, fir- the first story I'd like to tell is and and Dale Dale's here for moral support. He claims, <laughs> although I'm sure Dale has one or two stories that he he may find before the evening is up. Um, I'd like to tell you about River Road a little bit. I moved out at River Road Boulevard in uh, 2006. The the Fall, late fall, early winter of 2006. May 1st of 2007, I walked out my back door, and I have a pasture in the back. And there were, there were hundreds of orange flowers that weren't there the day before. Okay. And I was just stunned. And I took a step toward the pasture... And those orange flowers rose up in in um, amazement. Just, I mean, just took off in the air. It was a huge flock of Orioles. Oh, okay. And it is the only time to May first of two thousand seven mm-hmm. was the only time I saw a flock of Orioles. Yeah. Um, and that was, I don't know if they'd been blown off course and they ended up there, if it was, if there was a lot of thistle in the field that, that year, but it was beautiful. I, I, I see, Dale, just remarkable stuff on River Road Boulevard almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was last last fall. I was walking. I, I live with a mile within six ponds. I live within two hundred yards of the Wapspinnacken River. Um, there are trails all around me, and my neighbors are kind enough to let myself and Sadie walk through their their property all the time, mm-hmm. and they they don't blink an, blink an eye. As a matter of fact, Sadie loves probably loves them more than she loves me. Um, and just just loves to go through their their property and see see those people and so I see some great things and I was walking walking through the hook and liner property to my east last fall late in the fall and Sadie Sadie was walking with me and all of a sudden there was this big crash. And Sadie just stopped and froze and looked. And out of nowhere came this 10-point buck sprinting. And he ran by us within 15, 20 yards of us and kept running toward my house, toward the road, and got probably about a quarter of a mile away and stopped and turned around. Well, then Sadie turned back where he came from, and an even bigger buck came out. And the crash we had heard where these two bucks were fighting. Okay. And what month is this? This would have been early November. Oh, okay. We, Sadie stopped and, just, you know, usually Sadie will chase deer. But Sadie just stood there. And I, I looked at this deer, and this deer just stood there. And all of a sudden, this deer took two steps at us. And Sadie took a step at the deer. And the deer now was within probably 15 yards of us. And must have thought better of it and turned and took around. But that was even bigger deer than the one that ran by us. Mm-hmm. But pretty soon, I looked at the one that had run by us earlier and he was running back towards us. And just as, you know, he, he probably got within 200 yards of us and thought better of it and must realize the other buck had left mm-hmm. because then he veered off and ran into a different part of the woods, a different part of the timber. Sure. But it was an incredible sight. You know, I, I, I see those sights all the time. One summer day, I was doing dishes in the kitchen. And I watched this this doe walk into the pasture. And there's trees along the road. She it was a hot day out and I watched her go under those trees and lay down under those trees and I thought, well, it's hot, mm-hmm. you know, she wants shade. Well and I, I sat there and did dishes and as I was finishing the ditches I or dishes I looked See if she was still out there. What I thought was this little fox running around her. I thought, what's that little fox doing running around that? Well, I looked closer, and that that doe had given birth okay. to a 
Yeah, I was thinking that's to what a happened. young yeah. one, mm-hmm. you know. But that that young one was so small, looked just like a fox oh, running, okay. running around. Oh, I thought maybe there was a fox there because of the young one trying no. to get at it. So no, okay. no, right. it was, the, yeah, <laughs> and, and that that mother deer, that mother deer laid there for probably an hour and a half, and that little one stayed right there with mm-hmm. its mother. Yeah, and uh, you know there are so many twins born to deer. I I think. It's over fifty percent of deer that that give birth give birth to twins. Yeah. I believe it's a huge number, mm-hmm. and I was surprised it wasn't twins. Yeah, but uh, that was another unique event. I got a call tonight uh, just before we came in to tape from a friend of mine. Um, Jasmine Banks is her name. Um, some people here in town may have met Jasmine. She lives in Madison, and she's a Renaissance woman. She, she's become a hiker. She's become a. Um, she runs a chainsaw. She, she works at the university there, right? She she work she works for the city now. Oh, okay, but she. Okay, I remember you telling me yeah. about her several years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and <coughs> and she uh, took a class this this. Uh, Weekend, she went pheasant hunting. She had learned she had learned to fire a shotgun in the summertime, mm-hmm. and learn you know learn gun safety. And this weekend they went pheasant pheasant hunting, and she told me about how she killed her first pheasant, and then and then the dog they had with them found another pheasant and brought it to her. So she claimed that. <laughs> That her and the dog Gus had yeah. got two two pheasants. Each, each had one, right? Yeah, okay, each, yeah. each had each had one. That's pretty neat. So. Yeah. Uh, so it is. Uh, um, outdoors are unique. Yeah. Um, but I w- we're coming. Today is the end of uh, the second shotgun season. Mine is one of the few public areas where there are a lot of deer in our area. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of orange around around my house, Dale. They don't nobody nobody hunts on the property around me. Mm-hmm. You know, we, they sure. they don't ask or they they ask, and I tell them no. You know, Tracy and Virgil have so many dogs that I don't want one of those dogs sure. to be shot. Yeah. So I always tell tell people no, and, mm-hmm. and people are good with that. They yeah. understand why. Mm-hmm. I wa- I watched the last two weeks. People race up and down, hunting deer, and I could see them wandering th- through the woods, and I could hear gunshots the last two weeks. I'm sure a lot of deer were harvested um, these last two weeks. Yeah. Well, about 3 o'clock this afternoon, I w- the TV was watching me, and and uh, I got up and went to the, to the sink to uh, wash the dishes. All of a sudden, out in my pasture... I watched this buck come sprinting, and he just stopped. I, I have a small, small trees in my pasture now, and that buck just stopped in that pasture because there were all sorts of cars across the road from my pasture. And I thought, what's he stopping for? They're, you know, they're not hunting on this side. They're pushing. They can't be over there. A car came from the other direction, and he was waiting for that car to go so he didn't have to run in front of it. Well, I watched him. As soon as that car drove by, 
just glided to the fence, took a step, and just rose over that, that, that so fence. So they do that. So beautiful. Yeah. Then uh, ran across the road and ran, ran into the neighbors across Rhodes Timber. And uh, I thought, you're not long for the world. There's so many guys <laughs> out. I, you know, I, 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 you know I, I felt sad. You know, I felt, you know, I, I felt so much grace for that, for that buck. You know, I was probably about 10-pointer watching him sneak through those trees, mm. avoiding all those guys across the road yeah. and avoiding those cars. And I knew there were people in the, the other trees. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard a bunch of shots about 4.30, but I I wasn't going to go out there to yeah. to see if they got him. Yeah. I, I just didn't want to see if uh, if that bucket was shot. It was, it was such a beautiful sight. I'm, I'm so lucky to live on River Road Boulevard. I do have some experience with that. Uh, be south of you, the road curves and goes to the east. Yeah. And there's a county park along the side there now that has some ponds with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I was had fished there a couple of times in the summer. It was in the fall, and I was walking through this grassy field to get to a pond, and I had a brown coat on and everything, and I'm singing little songs to myself as I walk along. And almost I hear some guy say something to me, and I look around, I can't see anybody, but I turn around, and there's a guy in a tree stand with a bow and arrow. Is it deer season? <laughs> he says... Yeah. And I said, was anybody else around here? Well, yeah, there's a guy in a tree over there and a guy in a tree over there. And I said, I think I'm going to go fish someplace else. And yeah. so I turned around and left. But uh, I, it's you know you can see why the deer don't see them up there because I had walked by this guy. I had not seen him at all because you don't look up. You know, you watch where you're stepping so you don't trip and fall and this kind of stuff and look ahead. But uh, so uh, there are a lot of deer out in that area. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. I remember when I was a kid, I used to take uh, Outdoor Life and Sports of Field, the mm-hmm. magazines, and they one of them had a thing that uh, was just a one-page called This Happened to Me. And one of them was a guy was out in the woods and a, and a you know, well-antlered deer attacked him. And what he had to do to get away from that, I don't remember the exact story, but uh, it was in the fall, you know, in, in the rut. And so he, he did. Instead of running, he came at the guy. And the guys all caught up, and they draw a vivid picture, of course. Right. And uh, so I know, at least at one time, they do. Uh, <coughs> the big ones will come at you with the antlers, and so. Yeah. Well, that, I was talking to someone today. Mm-hmm. They they said that there are people on television that actually put that deer scent on them mm-hmm. and let deer ram them. Yeah, I don't know why they would you do know, that. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, that makes no sense to me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't to me either. Just think how disappointed the deer is when he finds out that uh, that's <laughs> what he's smelling is is some guy instead of some nice young female deer. So, it it uh, is. I'd be disappointed if I was that buck. So that's hard work. Can you imagine having a fight just to get a girlfriend? You know, just to, mm. uh, the beauty the beauty of of animals and and fishing and. We're so lucky, Dale, to live where we live. I was I was giving Jasmine a hard time. I said she needs to move to the country. I'll I'll move to the city. And sure. she said, you know, the shotgun season will end here. Mm-hmm. You know, for for fifty weeks. Yeah, the city stays loud all the time. <laughs> Plus, they're shooting almost every day. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So yeah, no, that's. Uh, 
So, so Dale, have you got all your Christmas shopping done? Yes, I have. I only had to buy one present, and so, and I have that purchased, and it was uh, delivered, and no porch pirate got it. Stories about porch pirates yeah. still coming up, uh, and so uh, <coughs> I have it, and so all I have to do is wrap it, and I'm ready to go. So, so you guys all draw one name? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. There's 15 of us, and we each get a name, and then we have a theme each year mm -hmm. that uh, has four different families, the three kids and us, and so each year a family takes a turn coming up with the theme, and so. Uh, Last year's theme was when you open, and it was just a grab bag gift. It wasn't to anyone. You just got a present. And uh, when you opened the gift, you were supposed to be able to tell right away who, who had given that gift, who had bought that gift. It's something about you that was so, and that was kind of hard. And uh, this year you have to give a present that was made the year you were born. And I found out today, too late, they had an article or a story about a guy. He's 102 years old. He's invented hundreds and hundreds of toys. But his first toy invention was those clattering teeth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in 1947. Oh, oh man, wow. I should have got a set of those wow. instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this yeah. other thing. I love with a Christmas story where the poor teacher opens the drawer. She got a drawer full of the stuff she's confiscated from the kids, you know. Oh. I had a drawer like that in an elementary school. They they think it's so much fun to bring stuff that they shouldn't really have. And, right. Uh, I remember the first year. The first thing I learned is the first day of school, I always collected all the scissors. Yeah. Because they always brought a pair of scissors, and I just collected them because there was nothing but trouble. If oh, they had their own little scissors. They were. So, yep. Oh. Cutting all the time. So. Yeah. So when we had art class, I passed <laughs> the scissors out of the. So took a little time, but it was worth it instead of having all the problems with scissors. So, but those are the things you learn over the years. See. Do you have any stories from your first day of teaching? The first day, well, uh, I th the first day of Jess, I taught a year in Bettendorf. That's a whole different situation. But the first year I was at uh, Jessup, I interviewed with Mr. Sapp, and he said he had two fourth-grade openings and a fifth-grade opening, and that's what I would be interviewing for, interviewing for. And I said, well, that's fine because that's right. And so uh, I interview, and then a few weeks later he calls, sends me a contract, and it says fourth grade instructor. So I got one of the fourth grade jobs. So uh, I show up in August, and he show this is your room right here. And so I start, you know, cutting out border for the bulletin boards and covering everything. And you know, welcome to fourth grade and all that kind of stuff. And then I was the day before school is supposed to start. I must have said something in the office because he said, "You do know you're teaching fifth grade, don't you?" And I said, "No, <laughs> I think I'm supposed to teach fourth grade." No, no, he said. I the lady downstairs is fourth grade, and over here is fourth grade, but you got the fifth grade job. And I said, oh, well, I, I, so I went down and tore apart my bulletin boards and rescheduled and redid all the things I had done. Uh, and then the next year, I signed a contract to teach again, and it still said fourth grade instructor on there, but I taught fifth grade both times. And right. so it was such a problem that after that, I think I was the reason for this, is your contract just said, uh, Elementary instructor as assigned by principal is what it said uh -huh. on your job description. So uh, they changed that. But uh, so that was the biggest surprise I had the first day of just getting ready to start teaching fifth grade up here. And uh, had 30 kids, and uh, it was an experience. And some wonderful, wonderful kids. Uh, some of them actually have died uh, already and got to know them really well. So you get really close to kids. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, and in high school, I know you you a hundred kids a day or yeah you know, more and but you know I just I had these thirty 
And so you get to know them really well. Right. And I was always amazed at, uh, like, high school, even middle school, how many names they memorize very quickly. They know who the kids are. One of my, a fumble brain, I was teaching second grade then, but I had a girl named Heidi in my class and a girl named Bambi. And so it was Heidi and Bambi. Christmas break comes. We're off a week and a half or something. They come back, and all at once, Heidi and Bambi and my little brain are Bambi and Heidi. So I call them by the wrong name. Uh, the whole second semester, I just couldn't get it straight in my head. And why would that be? That makes no sense at all, does it? No. Because I was good the whole – but so. So anyway, that was uh, another little thing that flickered through my brain here since you mentioned that. But Yeah, if you went to visit – my brother was in hospice at the hospital in Owine. And when I went there, there was a lady visiting him, and it was Linda Sewell, uh, who I'd gone to high school with. She was an O-line girl. She was an elementary teacher, and I talked to her over the years at different times, and she taught elementary school. And so the three of us are there, and John's in the bed, and she's in a chair, and I'm over in the, in the other chair. And she tells this funny story about one of her kids or whatever, something's happened, and that reminded me. So I tell a funny story back about something that happened to me. So she comes back, and so we spent 20 minutes telling kids stories, things about his school, and my brother's laying a bit, and the tears are running down, he's laughing so hard, you know, because they're just funny. And so, uh, and that was, uh, well, the last times I saw him before he right. died, you know, he, he didn't uh, live very long, but I thought that probably was the best thing for him, oh, maybe yeah. because, uh, and it wasn't planned or anything, just she happened to be there, and I happened to be there, and uh, we had that in common. And uh, so, uh, I'll remember that as long as I live. Yeah. The, the How long ago was that deal? Oh, man. Probably six. It was before COVID. It's hard. Six to seven years, I suppose. Six years, maybe. And she has since died, and her husband died, too. He got all kinds of crap in Vietnam mm -hmm. and died, Agent Orange and everything. He had some terrible cancers, and then she died shortly after that. So, uh -huh. and uh, that's, that's uh, time goes by fast. It does, yeah. And uh, keeping track of all that stuff, it doesn't. I lived with a family for a while, the Kunkel family in Hazleton, and part of their supper ritual was, okay, who knows what happened on this date X number of years ago? And then the, the, the debate would begin, and it would be some obscure thing from the neighborhood or the town or whatever, but they had terrific memories. They remembered that kind of stuff and uh, was always very interesting. They knew the local history very well. Uh -huh. so, yeah. Why would you end up living with them? Well, it's a very long story. <laughs> and my mother died while I was in the service. Right. And my dad uh, was, uh, at the time, living with another guy, two old guys. that They kind of shared a house and everything. And uh, I'd grown up. This kid was my best friend. And uh, uh, I needed a place to stay in the summer. His mother was very gracious. She gave me a room and a bed, and I stayed there. And then I helped on the farm as much as I could, but mainly I worked for the American Farm Store building grain bins. But uh, they were just wonderful people. And uh, so I became kind of a member of the family. So every summer for four years, I stayed there. We, you know, there are so many people in our lives, Dale, that uh, that that uh, are there for us, aren't they? Yeah. Well, you probably know the, the Baldwin girls and Jeff Baldwin, maybe, from high school, Jamie Baldwin. The is that they went to school here? Yeah, Sue Baldwin was their mom. Okay, yeah. well, this had been Sue's mother or the oh, kids' okay. grandmother. Yeah, oh, Mrs. Uh, That's a long version of a story from uh, River Road Boulevard, and we hope uh, that you have a wonderful Christmas and we'll see you on New Year's Day. New Year's Day will be the next time they get this. Oh, what will the new year bring?
There you go. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully a little hair for me, Dale. Well, we'll see. All right. <laughs> There's lots of caps, you know, in the world. And there are. Just think you've saved a fortune on combs all these years. I have. Yes, okay. I have. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas.